Ref Focus with Maples Teasdale, the law firm where real estate really matters. Hello, and welcome to the Ref Focus or Refocus podcast, where we discuss our top takeaways on current market topics. I'm Catherine. And I'm Brooke. And today we will be discussing our top borrower tips on conditions precedent. Conditions precedent, or CPs, are contractual requirements that must be satisfied before a contractual right or obligation arises. In a financing context, these are usually requirements that must be satisfied in a loan agreement before a borrower is allowed to request a loan and before the lender is obliged to make that loan. However, in the context of an amendment or variation of any financing document, there are usually conditions that need to be fulfilled before the amendment or variation will take effect. As we will shortly hear, in a typical REF transaction, there are a number of CPs that will need to be satisfied. Whilst this can be quite daunting, borrowers worry not. Not all CPs will need to be actioned by the borrower as some are for the lender to satisfy. And without further ado, here are our top tips for conditions precedent. Catherine, why do we have CPs and where can they be found? Well, CPs allow lenders to gather information about the proposed financing arrangement prior to actually funding. This means that lenders can satisfy themselves that any assumptions that they have made regarding the structure, nature of the assets or development are correct. Typically, CPs are then found in the loan agreement. There is usually a clause that says that a lender will only be obliged to fund if they have received all of the prescribed CP documents or evidence in a satisfactory form. CPs are then typically listed in the schedule to the loan agreement. Separately, the lender's solicitors will usually prepare a CP checklist which lists the CPs, who is responsible for them and their status, enabling the parties to track progress. Whilst this is a really useful tool for both borrowers and lenders, it is not an operative document. Brooke, can you tell us what type of documents we typically see as CPs? A typical conditions precedent list will include evidence of corporate authorizations and copies of the obligor's constitutional documents, the most recent financial information and funds flow, KYC documents, copies of any reports prepared by third parties, such as an insurance broker letter or insurance report, tax report, environmental report, and property information, which can include report on title, valuation, leases, building contract, professional team appointments on development projects. Executed transaction documents, including the loan, security, and intercreditor subordination documents. And lastly, legal opinions in respect of the borrower and the financing documents, particularly if the borrower is an overseas entity. Generally, if a borrower is making multiple drawdowns or amending an existing arrangement with the same lender, fewer CPs will be required in comparison to the initial drawdown. This is because the lender will have conducted its due diligence in respect of the initial drawdown. Therefore, the additional conditions are to capture and reflect any changes since that due diligence was undertaken. Thanks, Brooke. And can you run us through the time frame for the CP process? CPs do not happen overnight. In particular, a borrower will want to prioritise speaking to third parties early on in the process and will want to ensure that any reporting or documents that need to be entered into with third parties are agreed in a timely fashion. 
borrowers should ensure the form of documentation is agreed with the lender before any reports are issued to save any back and forth as some lenders require a certain format or specific reliance wording for the reporting. Constitutional documents, if the borrower is a company, should also be provided early on as they will contain the information needed to draft the corporate authorizations, amongst other documents, and will dictate, amongst other things, how the borrower will sign. The lender's solicitor will also want to check that the borrower has the power to grant security and enter into the loan agreement. Expiry dates on, for example, insurance policies will also need to be checked in advance as any third-party renewals will take time. Other CPs will be satisfied over the duration of the transaction, such as agreeing the financing and security agreements. The final CPs to be satisfied will be CPs such as certain financial information, confirmations, and insolvency searches that will not be able to be provided until everything else has been satisfied to ensure that they are as accurate as possible at the time they are given. Catherine, what happens if CPs cannot or are not satisfied? Well, without any other agreement in place, the lender isn't obliged to lend. But depending on the nature of the CP, the lender may be willing to either waive the CP, meaning the borrower doesn't need to provide it at all, or allow it to become a condition subsequent. This means it can be provided within an agreed time frame outside of the usual time period, therefore allowing the loan to be requested or the amends fee to take effect, notwithstanding that the CP hasn't yet been provided. And how are waivers or conditions subsequent documented? Well, with regards to waivers, if this is early on in the process, the CPs can simply be removed from the loan agreement. Or, if, for example, the loan agreement has already been signed, the CPs can be waived by means of a separate waiver letter or email. Condition subsequences are documented either in the loan agreement, um, in the main body of the document, or in a schedule, in the same way that CPs are, or in a separate CS letter. Either way, the wording will confirm what documents or evidence need to be provided and by what date and any documents will need to be signed by both the lender and the borrower. Now, borrowers beware, if CSs are not complied with by the date specified, this will usually trigger an event of default, allowing the lender to demand payment of all monies lent and enforce any security it may have. Care should therefore be taken when agreeing what will be provided, and by when, to ensure that it's actually achievable, and particularly to ensure that it's inside the borrower's control. And there you have it, our top takeaways on CPs. Remember, don't expect them to happen overnight. There is a lot of information to be pulled together. As a quick aside, we would like to highlight some exciting developments taking place at MT between the real estate finance team and Maple's Hotels, Leisure and Hospitality Practice Group. More on this to come, and we look forward to welcoming some special guests in the future. But until then, thanks for listening. Ref Focus with Maples Teasdale, the law firm where real estate really matters.